Welcome to Bloody Good Horror. everybody and welcome back to bloody good horror my name is eric and i will be your host for this evening where we will be reviewing censor this is a horror film from the uk question mark caitlin i I just assume from all those fancy accents yes uh and it is set in the olden days back in the 1980s during the video nasties craze um which is a an interesting thing for all you kiddies. it was it was a craze yeah <laughs> all you kitties out there to learn about if you haven't um we're gonna talk about that coming up here soon but first up joining me in the show first up please welcome caitlin to the show hello next up from maryland maryland please welcome john schnars to the show hello eric hello john i'm really excited about my camera angle now i am too <laughs> I am so, as well. So are we. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't look like you're about to get jump scared at any given moment. <laughs> Next up, please welcome from Indiana, Mr. Casey. Hello. And last up tonight from Chicago, Illinois. Please welcome Joe. All right, John, it's a dating app, right? It's a dating app for people based in Texas called Pick of the Gallo. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of sexist though joe it's only what about the? well L- leslie had this complaint too when i was like workshopping it as a, a singles bar and i'm like it's just a clever name like obviously it's yeah. not gonna like block people out what if it was nah, i think it works <clears throat> pick of the guy slash gal slash bring yourself well, whatever you are you're ruining the Guys, <laughs> easy solution it's a gay singles bar oh pick of the guy out yeah. I mean, I guess like women could also come in, but I, you know, yeah, I, I, I had this conversation we need with to Leslie. Be inclusive. I that out. Like, it does. You know, we're not going to do work on that, but we're yeah. not going to turn people away at the door. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a funny just... joke. Doesn't really work in real life. How about we just say that? <laughs> I, I'm, look, I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. thanks, John. I like the All effort right. Joe's putting in on this one. So. All right, one investor. And, I got one investor. And I uh, hear commercial real estate is cheap right now, Joe. So. All right, Joe. Speaking of gay bars. Please tell us what we are drinking tonight. Beer guts. Oh, we're drinking some beer, Eric. That's that's what we do here in beer guts. <laughs> um, and uh, what is it? Censor, um, a movie as you know, you've already mentioned about the uh, the nasties scare in the uh, the UK in the eighties, I guess. I don't really know much about it, and I didn't learn much about it from this movie. Um, but pretty much we follow uh, a woman who serves on their, I guess what you would call like their MPAA or whatever their sort of censors board is, um, you know, as she watches and, you know, determines if movies should be shown. Uh, when you're watching a movie, John, you need a beer and you need a, a big hot bucket of popcorn, uh, which is why I picked the... Uh, 
the beer from the good folks at Moore Brewing Company. They're in Villa Park, Illinois, uh, which, you know, I'm sure you've all visited. The beer is simply called Popcorn. Um, yeah. Don't ask me why. It's uh, it's an IPA, uh, kind of straightforward, hopped with Citra and Simcoe. I'm probably saying them wrong, but uh, two, two different veritables of, uh, of hops. That's uh, that they, <laughs> that they put in there. Uh, so I think I've talked a lot recently about like West Coast IPAs and um, like uh, New England IPAs and kind of this trend of, you know, kinding, taming down a bit of like the bitterness and like the power that you get from just like a, a hardcore IPA. This one just doesn't give a fuck, John. Uh, comes in at 6.8% alcohol. So it's up there. Um, and also just a huge punch of like that hot bitterness and sort of piney flavor that you get there. A lot of citra, as you might expect, uh, from, from the hops that, that we're discussing here, um, all around, just a great beer. And if you kind of miss like the straightforward IPAs that were all the craze, you know, 10 years back or so, this is a great one for you. Uh, more brewing company doesn't distribute super far. So you got to come to Illinois for them, but they're getting bigger and bigger. Uh, they're, they're one of the more popular in this area. And, um, you know, I'm I'm waxed, waxed, and and ready for sacks. If you know you want to come out here, and we'll a wave, a wave as you drive by. I don't want to see you or spend time with you, but I'll definitely be like, hey, there you are. Uh, you'll have a beer in your hand while yeah, drinking. yeah. I'll be like, hey, I won't, I won't tell you where I am. I'll potentially go <laughs> to wherever you're going to drive by. You no, no, you tell me where you're driving. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll be there at some point. Probably not when you're driving by, but in yeah. general, come out and visit them. Great brewery, the great, great food there. So highly recommended everything that they do. Uh, morebrewing.com is their website. And uh, there you go. All right. Thank you for that, Joe. What you is sound a, exhausted, Eric. What is, that, I am. It's been a long day. What does sax mean? Like you're going to play instruments with John? Yeah. Yes. That's what I was assuming. Some woodwinds. <laughs> One is the loneliest number. That's the alternate. <laughs> See that I like. Yeah, that I like a but lot. But again, like you're you're just male. You know, I don't yeah, think there's a lot of females true. anymore. There, George Juanita. Carl. Juanita is the loneliest Juana. number. I believe Juana. Juana. Juana and Juanita. Juana. Yeah. All right. So it could be like those. Um, you ever seen like those strip clubs that are like. One side is man, the other side is female. It could be. You just pick the door you want to go I've, in. I've not yeah. actually seen that. You pick the door I, you want to I'm go in. You think. pick the door you want to go in, but it's like Express or something where it's just the same store. Yeah. It's just different doors. There <laughs> is, is the loneliest number. <laughs> there is a, a strip club up in Milwaukee that next door is a, a comedy club. Um, and all the food that they serve at the comedy club comes from the strip club. So like you see like the hamburgers being brought like through like the the strip club floor and everything as it's being served over there. Cool. Great place. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Check it out. All right. Maybe. <laughs> Put it on the list. All right, guys. Um, it is time. Let's take a quick break and discuss censor. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. John Schnorris. Eric. How are you feeling these days, buddy? Uh, I get to start paying rent again uh, in New York Fun. on uh, Thursday. Yay! But you're not Big moving doings. in. You're not moving in until the end of summer. Is that right? Yeah, thereabouts. We're going to move our stuff up in July. Are they going to make you go back uh, to the office? I'm, dude, they couldn't keep me out of the office. 
I don't know what that means. What you just said. You realize, Eric? I live with three children, oh, right. seven that's and right. under. I like, got it. Yeah. I'm not like yeah. getting work done around the house. Sure. Like, so fair. Yeah. Okay. Noted. Yeah. You're uh, gonna cut the hair before you go back in. Don't do it. Yeah, it's still so the 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 line was always I was gonna cut it when I got back to New York. I got to go see my barber. I was gonna have him do it. Yeah. Now Suzanne. She's like, hey, you know, oh, you, don't, no, no, no. you don't have to cut the hair. <laughs> oh, you look disgusting. So no, you should. Uh, <laughs> Joe, the, the reality is I don't want to take care of this hair yeah. that much. John, you know, let me, like, let especially me, in New York. It's let like me reframe hands. this for you, John. You look mm-hmm. like a guy who's living by his own rules, and Joe doesn't yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 100% seriousness, if you don't cut it by the time we have our next meetup, I'm quitting the show. Like, <laughs> I'm not coming. <laughs> like, I'm not traveling across the country to see, like, that fucking mop. John, right? Joe, John, Joe needs you to conform, okay? Yeah. yeah. No, the, the pandemic is over. I hear it. It's time to be normal again, John. I, but I appreciate that he's straight up about it. It's not like, yeah. like it's very we don't, clear. we don't take our trips on LSD, John. All right. <laughs> for the right, uh, for the well, right, for the right Patreon, <laughs> for the right Patreon goal. Could we get some Skrillex hair? Maybe. Oh no, there's no way. What if we just do it as you're cutting it and then, you know, and then you just get a nice high and tight. I could like, I could document, I could document what I'm saying. different I don't know versions. Yeah, sure. I mean, you could you could do the, like the like, the locks of love or something, right? Like you do like it's got to be like you got to have like ten inches to donate. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like at least eight inches. Yeah, uh, Merkins of hope, ladies. <laughs> you could definitely do <laughs> Merkins of hope. Yeah, I think you got a I think you got a real solid Merkin on that head of yours. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like a personal <laughs> problem, John. <laughs> Merkins of hope, <laughs> John. Oh, good lord! Please bring us the word of the day. Eric, I'm very excited. Eight inches, like, stretched out, or, like... (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking here? I'm very excited for the word. I don't want Joe to take this in the wrong direction at this point. The word is boulderize. Oh. That's B-O-W-D-L-E-R-I-Z-E, boulderize. It's a verb. means to remove material that is considered improper or offensive, especially with the result that the text becomes weaker or less effective older eyes uh so i didn't i had heard this word but i didn't had no idea where it came from and it's the most fascinating part so this is a it comes from the uk it comes from britain uh mid 19th century from the name of dr thomas boulder who published an ex- expurgated edition of shakespeare in 1818 so basically this guy yes <laughs> that I think I think he just like he thought it was a little too uh, nasty, let's say, oh. and so he he cleaned up Shakespeare and then oh. published it back in eighteen eighteen. Seems like a fun and, guy. Yeah, 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 he was a good hang. I think. Yes. So you might Ab- say he's runner. I believe he also was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he started the Boulder Dash. Thomas <laughs> Boulder. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that, Joe. That's pretty good. Got a roll tonight, buddy. <laughs> I literally said the same thing to Leslie upstairs. I'm like, I'm. I'm on fire tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know what my mom says. <laughs> okay. Boulderize. I love it. Thanks, John. Uh, before we do synopsis, Caitlin, you were poking around a little bit. Did you find anything interesting about this movie? 
Um, I found at least one thing. So this feature film was preceded by a short called Nasty that touches on the same themes. Nasty. I guess your definition of interesting in mine, Caitlin. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gave you so much credit just now. <laughs> uh, okay, thank you. John. Yeah. What's, yes, Eric. What, what happens in this movie? What's it about? Censor comes to us from first time director. Well, first time feature director, Prano, Prano. Anyone want to take a stab at it? It's a woman, young lady, Prano Bailey Bond. Um, she's the writer and director. So, uh, you know, an auteur, if you will. Um, this, uh, th- at least it hit my radar because it, it made its, uh, debut he, at least again here in the U.S. at least uh, at Sundance this year, um, and got got some good buzz. I mean, I think this was it was part of their um, midnight, you know, whatever they call their genre offering over there at Sundance, um, you know. But got but got some good uh, buzz. I think this was a who the hell picked it up? I know it was like in right in front of the movie. Now I'm going to forget. In any event, it got picked up for distribution. It's available in theaters right now. I know, Caitlin, you said you saw it in the theater. I, I rented it on um, Amazon, but, you know, say la vie. Uh, so this features... Um, say la vie indeed, John. Well, it, I mean, it's interesting <laughs> that this, like, where we're at now in terms of, like, what's getting theatrical releases and what's not, I don't know. It's all I was kind of blown away that Caitlin saw in the theater, but, yeah, like she's mentioned, there's it's like a little indie theater, right, Caitlin, that's up right next to the other one? Yeah, it's like a combo. So we've got the big theater that shows, you know, like Fast and Furious was playing. And then there's a little theater called Criterion uh, right next to it that plays smaller stuff. So, Well, uh, so this this movie tells the story of Enid. Enid Baines is is a censor. She's working for um, the, the British organization, as Joe mentioned, sort of like their version of the MPAA that uh, is is tasked with watching films that are set for release or seeking release in the UK. Um, and Eric, I actually, like, I was familiar with the video nasty stuff. I mean, at like a very high level, Yeah. but I, you know, didn't have a chance to kind of like read up and kind of refresh myself. So I don't know how much, like, I think all of this is sort of based in reality. Um, but essentially, uh, there was this moment where there was a real moral panic going on in the UK where they were attributing a lot of violence or, a potential rise in violence Let me, to yeah go ahead well to like what was going what was being put out in film and i think a lot of it was tied to vhs and sort of yes. like the the yeah. change in technology and the ability for things to get broader wider distribution yeah. and so they were trying to like run everything and so a lot of the stuff that she's watching are i mean maybe they were getting theatrical releases in some cases well, I mean, yeah. but a lot of them let me preface a lot yeah, of them were like ahead. so low budget, like it would have never been in a theater, but it would have shown yeah. up in a video store. Yeah. And I'll, I'll preface anything I say tonight with, I am not an expert on this because people get upset when I speak as if I know a lot about something. <laughs> um, people get upset on the internet, John. Did you know that? It's weird. No, I, well, this is why. <laughs> um, again. But I did like when I was in my, when I, I guess college and I was really learning a lot about the genre through like online communities. I remember doing a ton of reading on the video nasties the biggest thing that kind of differentiates it from here is that there was a list. The video nasties, I believe is in reference to this list that was made by the censors of like actual banned movies. 
So they were movies that for years and years you could not even get in the UK unless you imported them. That slowly, I remember this was like late 90s, early 2000s. I remember there were still movies that had not come out. Um, And that has been a slow process as sort of DVD and Blu-rays come onto the scene. Movies that weren't banned were like heavily, like we, as, as Americans, we think of, if you watch horror films throughout the 80s, they become progressively more cut. Like it's a really great, just watch Friday 13th. One, two, three, four, and five, incredibly violent. You start to see it get curbed a little bit in five. By the time you get to six, most like full gore shots are like totally cut. Seven, eight, almost like largely goreless in a lot of ways. Um, and then that takes you through the 80s because it, it's a good marker because there's one almost every year for the 80s. But what we knew as like heavy censorship, I don't think really compares to what was going on. It was more extreme over there is my point yeah. that I'm trying to make. Well, and there was Crazy, to your like point. I'm looking at a, like a list of it now and there's like stuff that still hasn't been released in like 2000 or, or 2021. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I, I seem to remember like the burning was one of them. Yeah. 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 yeah that's Cannibal Holocaust, there. like stuff like that. <clears throat> and then there's you stuff think that just they just like, are kind of like, yeah. eh, why, why are we going to, what are we bothering for at this point? Yeah. You know, I mean, but, it's very interesting too, from a, a globalism and kind of like cultural exchange aspect. Cause the majority of these movies were coming from here and getting imported over there, you know, like sent over there basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, all right, let's try to get through Cause I think it's worth coming back to some of this and, and the film, it's not that the film explores it, but the film is set in, yeah. I mean, it does, it, it plays with, it's a, it's in the milieu, but, milieu, John. Yes, the milieu. Yes. Um, but uh, so Enid is one of these sensors. So she's watching this stuff constantly. And so a lot of the film is about like sort of what's happening to her and what's it's, going on. In it's her part of mind. the, the other, terror of this movie, John. Um, you know. I'm just going to ignore what you're saying <laughs> at this point and go forward. But she is that the rural juror. The terror. <laughs> The, the element, uh, the, so there's that there's that piece where she's she's a censor, uh, hence the title. Um, we also sort of come to realize, so she's like, a, she's like a single woman. She doesn't have like a lot going on in her life other than being a censor. She's working a ton. Um, it's very stressful because there is this like moral panic element going on. It, at one point, there is reporting, like news reporting, uh, you know, in the on the radio, you get a lot of like snippets of the radio and the the newspaper and some of the TV stuff that uh, there was a murder and the people like the the police said that the murderer had watched a movie that she had recently like allowed for release. I think and, like and, he cited the movie, right? Like he even said like yeah. this. Yeah, this but then it comes back like later in the film, they're like, actually, it turns out he didn't watch it or something like that. I mean, it it is yeah, it's played with it for sure, but. In any event, the other element that's going on that we come to realize, you know, sort of let's say by like midway through the film is that this this woman, Enid, has had a loss in her life. So we meet her parents. She like meets them for this like very depressing dinner where they basically tell her that they're filing a death certificate or they've obtained a death certificate for her sister who has been missing for, I believe, 15 years at this point. And so what you know, what sort of. Uh, revealed through some flashbacks and some, you know, hallucinations that Ina begins to have is that she was with her sister when her sister disappeared as a seven-year-old. And that begins to sort of, that trauma begins to bleed into her work when she sees this film. Uh, It's called Don't Go Into the Cabin, I believe. Is that church? Church. Church. Don't Don't Go Into the Church. Don't Go Into the Church. 
and she watch this. She, um, she, you know, the, it it basically follows like exactly what had happened to her and her sister, or at least what she remembers. She's like sort of blocked a lot of it out, or she's been trying to not remember, and so that kind of sets her on this path of uh, unwinding. Let's let's say, and that that really kind of becomes the the trajectory of the film. All right, Caitlin, what'd you think? So I was very excited to see this, partially because it looked visually really cool. It looked art housey, and also because it was my first theater experience since Invisible Man in March 2020. Wow. Um, Wild. I know, crazy to think about. I I liked it okay. I I I think I was expecting to love it. Um, the things I liked about it. The lighting was really cool. I really enjoyed the styling and the costuming. Um, and Eric, I think I had mentioned that I need to def- defer to you on the vocabulary here, but I like the way that they're filmmaking and like the transitions they used between like reality and fantasy kind of looked like the distortions that you get on a VHS tape sometimes, which I thought was a cool touch. Um, yeah, so, the, I mean, the main movie has like a grainy kind of look that you would have had from film from that era. And then they do cut to like full on VHS style at some point, like during these yeah. movies. Which is cool. I mean, that's a cool touch and kind of, you know, it's it's engrossing in a way. So like stylistically, I really liked it. Um, I think one thing I also mentioned over email was the sound. We hear her like picking at her skin and gulping and breathing really heavily a lot. So her anxiety is really palpable, which I, I enjoyed. I think where I got a little bit bored, and this might just be that it's I've hit saturation point personally for this, but I feel like we're sort of in this same scenario that we've been in with movies like St. Maud, where it's like, do we trust our main character? Like, do we trust her mental state? Is she seeing things for what they actually are? And is she going to be like this hero for her sister? Or is she kind of nuts? And I think like movies like St. Maud did that so perfectly. And I don't know if I'm just kind of over the shtick, um, but I was just kind of like, mm, it, you know, it just didn't land as, as it didn't resonate, I think as much as it could have for me. Um, so I, I expected to totally flip for it and it was just, it was, it was cool, but it wasn't, you know, it's not going to be my number one for the year. And when we get into spoilers, I do want to talk about, I was, I was very certain of some of one aspect of this movie. And, and I, I think I might've been, the only one that thought so. <laughs> so we'll get into that later. <laughs> Joe. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I definitely agree with everything Caitlin is saying. I'm probably a little more warm on this. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I really liked the the main actress who, full disclosure, I thought was like three different uh, actresses at, at one point or another during this. Um, <laughs> but I, I think the, the one complaint I, I probably have, and John, I think, you know, you brought it up over emails, like, I found her job actually like super interesting, like to the point where I, I would have actually liked to have seen a movie just about that without like the horror elements, um, which I think was like a little bit of my frustration because like that there, there's a lot of setup, right? Like we kind of go about her day for like the first half hour and this movie's only like an hour and 25 or so. Um, and I found that super interesting. And then they don't give a ton of backstory on like what the video nasties were, like what exactly is going on. Like, Hey, you know, obviously you can kind of pick up on, on what's happening here, but like, I think I would have enjoyed a little more kind of delving into, you know, how this all started and, and why we're here. Um, but that's, that's obviously not the focus of the movie. Um, 
but I think I 100% agree. Like, I really enjoyed kind of the feel of this and, and the look. I thought the kind of jumping back and forth between, like, that VHS look and, you know, just a, a lot of that was was really enjoyable. So after, you know, after watching this, I was I was a pretty big fan. Casey. I ended up loving this movie, kind of. The further I get away from it, the more I find myself thinking about it and trying to piece it together, especially going through like our combos and emails, which I think is always a good indicator in my head for a story that I've enjoyed when I find myself two or three days later. I think I watched this on Sunday night, and I'm still kind of mulling it over, figuring out what's happening. It's a really pretty package. They put together a really cool look and atmosphere to this movie, and I think everybody that was involved did really well. I liked how they played with the video nasties idea and that bit of history and kind of put blew out from that and built something around it. I think they made the movie look like it came from that era, which was really good, and a lot of the effects and stuff that they used. And I was really kind of sucked into it, and I think the ambiguity that they give us here, because we've kind of talked, and we'll get into it in the spoiler section i think the ambiguity they kind of laid out through this movie really helps add to the anxiety and tension of it because you don't really know for sure what enid's been going through and you don't really know for sure if she's reacting in a good way or a bad way or what's going on and i thought that left me kind of wondering what the hell's going to happen all the way to the end of the movie which is kind of refreshing because you can usually a lot of movies we watch lately you can predict in the first 10 15 minutes yeah uh john schneider yeah, I am probably, I don't know. I, I started where Caitlin was and I am like migrating closer to the like Casey Joe side. I mean, and and I think Casey's point about, you know, this being a movie where there is a lot to unpack. It's a, it's a trim movie. Like yeah. I, I think it's listed at an hour and 24 minutes. And one of the things I had mentioned when we were kind of pre-discussing, I, I would have sat for longer. Like I was like sort of, I think Joe, as you mentioned, like there's a lot of, parts of this where I, you know, it's rare where I'm like, Hey, cool. Like get, give me 10 more minutes in this movie. Um, but there did feel like, like it felt like there was room to do that. A lot of it's because they do bite off. They bite off a lot to try to work through. Right. So, and I, you know, I'm curious, you know, Joe, I think you mentioned the video nasty stuff in the background around that. Um, it's not something that's been like covered a, a lot in movies. Cause like it happened in the UK. And so, Maybe for a British audience, like it would have felt like overkill if they were, you know, doing that. Um, but here it just I think it probably plays differently. And again, I was probably down for it. I love the way they worked in all the like snippets and shots. And I, I think, Joe, you had you know, found where they credited a ton of different movies in the credits. So I think they are probably just like real scenes where they got know. permission to use them. I don't know. Um, it looked recreated to me, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I mean, I don't know why then they're crediting all those movies, you know, like well, why unless they yeah. teamed with a bunch of like indie horror filmmakers to do small segments, I, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it, those were some of those clips were super short, right? I mean, you're talking like one, two second shots in any event. I just I thought that was all interesting. You know, the, the like workplace environment because there's a little bit of like workplace humor. Like there's the like guy who sort of inappropriately tries to pick her up after watching like some gory movie together. Like it's, I don't know. There's like a lot of different elements that sort of gets just pushed to the side when you kind of dig into her personal story, which ends up, you know, being the only story at the end of the movie. Um, you know, she didn't, I, and I think Kaylin, your point about this being a character arc that we've seen 
before I totally agree with. Um, and I think that's where there was, I don't know, maybe there was an opportunity to do a little more, to go a little deeper and I don't know, give it, just give it a different flavor. I mean, it has a different flavor. As you said, I think the, the, the design, the art, the art direction of this, the, the cinematography is really well done. And a lot of the effects, I, I, you know, they're not practical effects. It's more like editing effects, but I don't know. It was fun. I, so yeah, it's, I ended up liking this probably a good bit. Yeah. It's a really interesting film. I think that the, the lead actress is really, um, she does a really good job in this role. I think I really liked the background noise of the video nasty stuff, the way they kind of weave that in and make it, it, it just all adds to the atmosphere of the time. I'm kind of obsessed with this really weird, like sensors office that they work in. It literally just looks like an old ass house filled with smoke. And there's like literally in the kitchen, it just looks like a seventies kitchen or something. Um, and they're always like, they just sit in dank rooms and smoke cigarettes and like watch movies. It's kind of funny. I, I dig that like atmosphere kind of, um, part of it. I think that, um, I enjoy the style. I like the retro style of it. It really is like, I think it builds tension and I think there's like some mystery to it in a way that is pretty intriguing. I think that the trailer oversells the style, like the trailer's all style. And I think it makes it just look like this crazy neon, like synth wave, just bonanza, but it's not really like, I was surprised to find a movie set in this period with as minimal of a score as there is here. Like there's actually not that much music, which kind of considering how musical the trailer was, was a little surprising. But um, I really enjoyed it. I just think for me that the third act, I don't get the third act. I don't under, I don't necessarily like where it went. Like I was kind of hoping that she wasn't crazy. Um, and I mean, look, you could even, there. there's, to Caitlin's point, there's depth in it anyway, even with what they presented um, as far as the way that you could interpret it. But in particular, just this actor dude that's that, that's like in the movie, I don't, Maybe Are you talking the, about Beast Man? Maybe the point is that it's supposed to be corny, I guess, because like it is just a movie theoretically. But like, man, there's so much. Because to me, the film just builds and builds tension. And the second that dude starts doing his thing, it's like, what is going on? Like, it's I a little scr- goofy. Yeah. I scrunched it, it my face a up too. a little bit. Yeah. So, um, I do though. Like, there's this thing they do in the third act where both by accident and intentionally she causes the same kind of carnage that she's been watching in the movies. And I really like that dichotomy of her being like, Oh, like looking at it and being like, Holy shit. Cause like so much of the movie is about, Oh, we have to cut this much of the eye stabbing and this much of this. And it's this over the top thing. But then to actually see it happen isn't that's a neat, um, plot thread to sort of come full circle. So I think it's like, it's promising and it's in some ways is pretty enjoyable. I'd probably recommend it. There's just ways that I think it kind of falls short of what it could have been. So well, I was kind of, oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, I was kind of spot checking some of those movies that they flash in the credits and the list of a uh, video nasty. And like a bunch of these are actually from like the seventies and stuff. Credit is either oh, being like edited or just not released. So. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I, I do want to, like, I didn't dislike the movie. I don't, I don't want to be the, the you, one that's like. You defend your <laughs> I said, You said what you said, Caitlin, all right? <laughs> I really liked the end where she's like, 
sort of fantasizing this right, like literal rainbow well, life because there's a rainbow over her I parents' like house. Yeah. yeah. Well, the I, look on her face like during that scene was just like holy shit. Like you could well, see just like the unraveling. Well, oh, that's yeah. what was cool. Like she was unraveling and the effect of sort of like you see this like idealized image of her fantasy of like her parents happy and her sister home and then like there'll be like quick flashes to like her parents screaming and her sister in agony and like the white dresses from the fantasy like stained with blood like i I like those little quick cuts those flashes and so i will say near the end of this movie i checked my phone for the time and that's when i had gotten that email from joe bob and like flipped my shit so like i was like fuck yeah like we're like having a good time (sighs) rainbow time like it was like i was really primed to to feel to like ride that high (laughs) up here i love that (laughs) wait what was the email from joe bob Oh, I had sent him a a plug it up thing, a press kit for plug it up. And he emailed back and I was like, ah, where to go from here. (laughs) Well, I I, I mean, it did into a lot of the the culture at the, of the time of this video nasty thing. I particularly liked the scenes where we see the kind of underground video shop dude. And like somebody rents Mm -hmm. something kind of shady. Cause she's, as she's kind of breaking down towards the end goes in, it's like, look, I know what you do. I want to see the blah, blah, blah. And he's like, so he's like, you can tell he doesn't want to get raided. It's just so funny. Like they actually work in a lot of that stuff pretty naturally into the plot to show what it was like. Yeah. And that's, I did like the progression. I mean, again, I think this is actually, it's a pretty good script, right? But in some ways it's almost too ambitious for the amount of stuff she's trying to cover and like how intricately plotted it ends up being at a certain couple points. So that, that scene when she goes in and, interacts with that guy is like a really interesting scene, but it's all being driven by the fact that she's basically become obsessed with the idea that this producer, you know, might know something about this incident because of the woman. Don't go into the church. I don't want to get the title wrong. Everyone scream at me, but, um, and so like it ends up being almost like a detective story that she's like working through and, and, you know, again, it, it works, but, Eric, to your point, and I hadn't seen the trailer, I don't think, but um, it does kind of have that setup of being like a very kind of like artistic, uh, like almost art housey thing. But then there's this very strong plot thread and she's trying to, the director does a good job trying to balance it. It's a balance. It is art housey for sure. Well, it is, but. Do we want to go ahead and drop a spoiler alert here? Because I've got some questions, especially pertaining with like that scene that John's talking about. We already spoiled the whole movie, so I think you're good, bro. Okay. Yeah. Am I the only one that thought that she thought that the girl that was in that movie was actually her sister and she was kind of going out there to find her and got thrown into it, right? You, no, no, that she started thinking it was real. You're describing the plot of the movie, yes. Yeah, isn't okay. that? No, well, it was unclear to me that she she didn't make the sister connection until <laughs> after everyone thought that. She, she made I'm the, just making sure. That's she what made the, the connection. Thought. She made the connection to the producer <laughs> because just like the content of that movie. But then she started like watching his other movies, saw that actress and was like, Oh shit. Like maybe he knows about this because he knows my sister. That was my takeaway. Well, and we also get sort of like the clue. She goes to his house and he says like, Oh, this will be her last film talking about that actress. So it's like, you're keyed up to think like, Holy shit, they're going to kill her or something. Like it's going to be something. And and she knows, and she's got to go, not just find her lost sister, but save her lost sister. So like the stakes are super ramped up. Well, yeah. 
she definitely thought that he was saying he was going to kill her or that yes. she was going to be dead. I It was never my understanding. Like, I oh, think he was yeah. just saying, like, you know, she's like over That's the hill as an actress yeah. now. And like, yeah, we're not she's Hollywood 90 now because she's yeah. like in her early 30s. Because she's 24. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, like, and I, I feel like that was communicated pretty well that, like, the producer was just being sleazy and gross as yeah. that actor, like, magnificently portrayed. But, you know, like, her reaction to those words, like, you could tell that that's what she was thinking. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, my question with that, with talking about if that's what she was actually believing or not, was kind of stemming off, like, Eric talking about, I thought you were talking about that scene with the big beast man guy and when he started doing his bit there which was corny but it, he was filming a shot for a movie right so yeah. that's where that question came from because i mean i think the that was like a pivoting point for me when her whole world just went ape shit and she started freaking out and got presented with that scene and then you find out that it's all in her head that was really mind-blowing especially when the girl she thought her sister was telling her that guy was my friend what the hell did you do yeah well, and should we get into? Sorry, go ahead, John. No, well, I, all right. So on that scene specifically, that was one that the scene where she's getting like the makeup put on. It was like where I was starting to not like lose the thread, but I was kind of like that. That to me is like one of the biggest stretches because it's one thing for her to believe that she's going to save this woman, but then that she has to go through like that she would have gone through with getting like, like made up. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. that to me was a little bit of a stretch, but the thing I wanted to push on Caitlin or not push on, but ask about was your like, so if we want to talk specifically about what we think happens with, with the woman and the sister, your reading was, was not like super different, but I am curious what, what you read that you, that made you think like, Oh, she definitely, you know, was the one responsible. Yeah, so what John's talking about, we, in the email, I was very certain, just said with total confidence that, so we all know she killed her sister, and the the reaction- When from, they were kids, like when they were kids. When they were kids, when they were kids, and and the reaction from the guys here was like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was 100% like, maybe honest. I missed something. What I read I it, what I read it- That reaction first. Too, what I read it more <laughs> was that the trauma came from the fact that she was older and was potentially being like irresponsible in being there or whatever, being there with the sister, or whatever it was the sister then. And also that the parents seemed to be very much guilting her about um, what happened. That's how I, I think, it. I think but that's I the nuanced take, but the, for me, the reason, so I saw this with my friend Maddie and she and I, both after it ended, like the first thing we said to each other was like, so she killed her sister, right? And you're like, yeah, okay, cool. We're on the same page. <laughs> and the reason that I think we thought that is there were a couple times when the parents were like, well, you were never clear about what happened that day. Yeah. And then the dude that asks her out at work was like, yeah, it's crazy what our brains can block out when we don't want to think about what happened. And I think what really sold it, sort of pushed it over the edge to me where I was like, oh yeah, like this is what happened, is that I don't know if she understands that that's what's happened. But when she watches Don't Go Into the Church, there's a scene where uh, an older sister kills a younger sister with an axe, oh, and her reaction to it is really visceral. Like, she starts to have a panic attack. She goes in the bathroom and throws up. I mean, and whether or not she understands that that's why she's reacting that way or, like, whether she remembers it. But Maddie and I were both like, oh, yep, she killed her sister, and she's blocking all this shit out. I'll be honest with you. I mean, you. that's a, a fair outlook. Right? I'll be honest with you, Caitlin. Like, I, I can deal with ambiguity in movies, but for some reason with this movie... I wish it had just told me like it's part of my beef with the third act. It feels like it's building towards a reveal 
that we don't really get. Like there is a reveal, yeah. but not really the one I was sort of led to believe I was looking for, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, guess, I had, yeah. yes. No, go ahead, Joe. No, I was going to say, I actually had the same reaction. Like when we first, cause th- that first shot we get where she's like getting violently ill after watching the, um, the clip. And that's when we kind of get the tip off. Cause like even in her head, I think she gets this vision of like her walking out with the ax or whatever. Like, I felt like at that point they were hinting pretty hard that she had killed her sister. But then like some of the interactions with her parents, I wasn't sure. Like it felt like potentially far fetched, but and then at the end we get that comment where the director even says like, this is based on an actual event kind of alluding to like, this is her and her sister. And she's like, well, that's not how it really happened. So like they do keep it. I don't know. I thought they pushed more towards she was responsible, but didn't do the actual murder. But like, I totally could swing back the other way if I watched this again. I, yeah. yeah, I my read was very close to Eric's in that I just assumed it was a it was a guilt thing, like yeah, and like guilt, she ran away and left her. Yeah, like her own personal guilt, like the guilt that her parents are kind of you know creating and and nurturing through fifteen years. Um, but it is left like it's it's definitely open ended enough that you could go either way with it. Um, and and the her behavior in and like the desperation that she has in trying to find her sister to me was like a signal of like I don't know if like wanting to it's not absolve herself necessarily of the crime but to almost like demonstrate to everyone like yo look I didn't kill her like I know yeah. everyone like thinks I did but like look she's really here and that was sort of the desperation and maybe like whether or not that's because she knows she didn't kill her or because she just like wants to believe she didn't I guess is. Again, yeah. it's it's like unresolvable. See, it's interesting because I never and I I tend to be not observant, so I may have completely missed the mark. But I never really took it as her parents like blaming her for it. I always I took it as more of coming across like her parents are like we've come to accept it. You need to accept it too. Oh, that's definitely that's definitely a part yeah. of it. They just like while they're doing that, they're slipping in these things that are kind of shitty to say to your daughter who has gone just little digs. Yeah. Exactly. Well, at the end they, he, the dad, especially cause when she's like, she's like, I'm going to go get her or whatever. And he's like, you always do this. You did this just like you did that day. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah. He, he definitely, yeah. He definitely snaps at her and like, try some, radi- try some yeah. radical acceptance, bro. Might help. <laughs> some yeah. RODBT. Yeah. I mean, it, it does sound definitely. like it was her fault. So, I mean, you got to kind of <laughs> sign up to that here, right? <laughs> And there's in my defense, some of the stuff like what was going on with the story of what was happened with her and her sister, I was kind of clueless on. I was going into that as she showed up at that filming location and started doing the makeup and stuff. I was thinking there's still a chance that maybe it was her sister. Well, at that point in the movie, at that, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's still in the air until the reveal basically at the end. Yeah. 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 No, no, it's I, and you just know I that will... like she's there looking for information and she thinks she could find out something here. I love how unhinged she is to like, yeah, just pretend that she's the girl for the, she's the actress and she gets in the makeup chair. Like that is psychotic behavior. <laughs> is, <laughs> I, I, love I really, I was like, Oh, she's just, yeah. going. I really enjoyed that. And I the funny like, thing oh, is like, I don't, it doesn't appear like she's showered in a while. Like she's real yeah, kind of messed up. And this lady's like, this like makeup lady's like, okay, <laughs> like <laughs> do what I can, bro. I do think the, uh, uh, makeup lady was a little uh, over misleading as far as the feeling and the uh, theme of everything that was going on. She seemed like a, the, the ominous uh, gypsy character or something giving a warning. <laughs> I kind of like that, interact. though. Like, 
I thought that like the way that she was portrayed was kind of the way that um that Enid sort of was like perceiving her. So like regardless of whether that well, was actually you know how the makeup artist was being like whether she did have those like weirdly long pauses those and are like stares. those are like the art housey moments too though where characters are being obtuse for no other reason other than that we're just <laughs> yeah. smelling our own farts yeah exactly point. well but it's and caitlin brought this up you know way back at the beginning but it, it is it's that sort of unreliable narrator trope that we i mean i don't want to say it's like beating a death because it's not done that much but we have we it's not it's also been done um and and yeah, I mean, like when it works, it works. And like that is a mo- it, they're fun. And some of the moments are like super off, uh, you know, unsettling. Um, I will tell you, and it's not it's like sort of in that vein, but I can't even remember now what the context was. There's a clip. It's like one of the scariest things in the movie of Margaret Thatcher. Yes. Like just like oh. saying some like creepy ass like government shit. You're I hated like, it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I turned what to Maddie like, Ooh. what is she talking about? Uh, if you think a lady politician can't be fucking creepy. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because as we were Googling around trying to figure out those visti- uh, video nasties and stuff, I found an interview on Vulture with the director and she talks about a lot about Thatcher in that, era of that culture that was built around the video nasty era and stuff that was censoring everything too. That was, uh, that's definitely a thought that the director put into it. Oh yeah. I mean, it's real. The, the director doesn't look that old. That's what I was like. I was, I, I was curious if she like lived through it, if it was more like an academic interest. I don't know. How old do you think she looks, John age her please? <laughs> no, like I'm saying like, <laughs> She's like our age, like you know. The, no, but they're making a point. Joe, they're making a. If point. you were gonna guess, John, like what would you say? <laughs> you want me to look? I can look up and see how old she is. I'm sure the internet could tell me. I would get guess she's 32 or three. There you go. In real life, uh, thank you. Eric, well, that makes for, me furious. <laughs> I think the movie was just making a point, Joe, about about um, the industry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you. Uh, do you guys want to know the scariest part of the movie for me? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So Maddie and I saw this in a theater and it was just the two of us until the movie started and a guy walked in and he was sitting in the very back. We were sitting kind of in the middle. And at one point during the movie, we heard a buckle on buckle and then a zip. Ooh, and we both boy. looked at each other like, don't turn around, don't turn around, don't oh, turn around. And I, I was like, are you okay? And she was like, I'm okay. And so at the end, we let him leave first and praise jesus he had a backpack so the buckle like the yeah. like the clinking buckle and the zipper were a part of his backpack i assume but we had the same reaction in the moment where wow. i like grabbed her hand i was like we good that's <laughs> a pretty his, scary moment unless his backpack was filled with those like latex feet you can fuck that, like, <laughs> <laughs> like just like 12 of them in there Oh God! I don't. I didn't know that. Was he was funny. wearing sweatpants. <laughs> you know, so he was leaving. Wrong, Johns. Uh, uh, she's thirty-nine, actually, John. Oh, wow. uh, born yeah. in nineteen eighty-two. Joe, it's my thirty-ninth birthday this week. I was right on. You know, is it, John? Go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's birthday, great. John. There's, um, I am also thirty-nine. I said she was. She was our age, and I, you know, I was right on. There you go. I'm thirty-nine too. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you go ahead, Joe? No, 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 no. You, it looked like you had material to expand there. <laughs> uh, would you recommend Censor, John? Yes. Joe? Yeah, I definitely would. Caitlin? Yeah. Casey? 
Absolutely. Love it. All right. Um, I didn't bring up a different bumper, so we're just going to listen to the same one from last week. Hey, Joe, um, let's bring my top 10 list up after this because I'm afraid I'm afraid I'm not going to have 10, so we got to start putting stuff on it regardless of how I feel. There's a lot of stuff coming here. We'll be all right. Let's do it. We'll be right back. A showdown is about to begin between the soldiers of the day and the army of the night. James Woods. My baby. John Carpenter's Vampires. Opens everywhere October 30th. Hey, I'm Joe Bob Briggs, and you're listening to the Bloody Good Horror Podcast. Eric, did you did you ever want James Joe? Woods to be the lead on your movie? Was that ever a good sign? <laughs> I think, well, it's good that we're giving him and Marilyn Manson more uh, more like airtime. Like those two, <laughs> raise them up. <laughs> Wait, did they mention him in that trailer? I just zoned out. Yeah, yeah. It's oh like shit! James Woods, John Carpenter, oh. in a Kevin Spacey film. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was the 90s, John. Different time. Yeah. Different time. Um, we got an email from Alyssa about the book club. Hope everyone's surviving the summer swelter. We're finishing up June where we read The Family Plot by Sherry Priest, which was very good. For July, we're checking out the highly recommended Southern Gothic story, The Elementals by Michael McDowell. Not Michael McDonald, Joe. Uh, which barely beat out Jaws for Book of the Month. I'd have been fine with either. As always, we're on Reddit at RBGH Book Club and Twitter at, at BGH Book Club. And a special thank you to Whitney for taking charge of the Reddit because I don't know what I'm doing there. Love you, Alyssa. That's from Alyssa. Info at Bloody Good Horror. You can check that out. Um, The Book Club. Also, I'm um, Joe. Yeah. Oh, let's do my top 10 list quick while I'm thinking about it. Yeah, 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 do it to it. What do I have uh, at the bottom of the list right now? You know, I have things loading. Okay, so you actually have a um, nope, you don't. That's twenty twenty. Uh, all right. So right now you've got one, two, and three: promising young woman, Saint Maud, and the stylist. And then you've got oh, two at the bottom: uh, number nine, boys from County Hell, and Psycho Gorman. Yeah, bump all those up and put this at ten. All right, we can do that slider in there thank you joe um and then after that why don't you tell me about the the uh, 5k bgh 5k 
Yeah, five K and ten K. We so uh, we did an or, extra one. We normally do them in the fall uh, around Halloween time. We did an extra one twenty the spring of twenty twenty, like quarantine, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of like a a smaller but one. But is this the uh, third or the fourth year we've done the October one? This would be the fourth one now, right? I don't <sighs> because, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. So we've done we did two five K, then last year we did the five K and added the ten K. Uh, and this year we'll do a five and 10 K again. So it's going to be the weekend of October 8th. Uh, I believe I don't have the message we were sharing in front, but, uh, Friday to Sunday, go out, run your five K or 10 K, send us a screenshot of your time and, uh, we'll, we'll hook you up with some fun swag. Um, in previous years, it's been a ton of fun. We've gotten a lot of people to go out. Uh, if you're posting up on like Facebook or Instagram or wherever, just use the hashtag, um, run BGH. Um, and we kind of built this like community of people training and, and having a good time with it. You can go out, you can walk it. You do not have to run it. You can go out with your kids. Like we've had a bunch of people that just, you know, uh, a couple of our listeners like walked around the city with their dog and just kind of tracked their, their mileage. Um, whatever you do, uh, just, you know, use uh, an app like Runkeeper or Strava, uh, is the one I'm using now. Um, and then just send us a screenshot. So yeah, uh, October. So you got plenty of time to, to gear up. And uh, we'll we'll have more info as uh, as it gets closer. Same thing as uh, previous years. We won't be able to send stuff out to folks outside the country just because it's a huge pain in the ass for me, and I'm I'm not going to do it. But uh, you know, <laughs> for like the fastest times, we'll we'll get a T-shirt out to you or something. Um, and you know, we've offered up like back episodes or stuff that we can do online uh, for for anyone outside the U.S. So love it. You'll get something. Love it. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Um, Caitlin, plug it up, burning up the podcast charts. It's going well. I'm yeah. I'm really happy about it. And uh, last week we did a a double, so uh, we had our regular episode drop, and then a an episode of listener stories where people had submitted their coming of age stories and some fun questions. We had some familiar names come through and some anonymous, but uh, it's been a lot of fun and really appreciate all the support. I assume the anonymous was Eric, but you don't need to Oh, when I'm ready, John, I, I won't hide. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. He's radically open. That's yeah. right. I know. <laughs> I've asked for less. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Schnars? That's what I really want. Some Schnarzy coming of age moments. Uh, well, I'm hoping I'm we, we got a Kayla and I gotta figure out, but I'm I'm getting excited about, you know, a little Stephen King centered episode. Oh, so nice. Uh, Joe, yeah. you're going to, Joe, I think Caitlin, you'll need a whole season to unpack Joe's adolescence. Like there's a lot, Yeah, there's a lot based there. on scheduling. Uh, my episode coming November, 2023. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait to be a part of it. God damn it. <laughs> uh, Love it. All right. Uh, check that up. Um, plug it up. You can search in your podcast things and, uh, plug it up pod on Twitter and Instagram. Is that right? Yep, and plug it up pod at Gmail. And one one guy did give us a a hearty one star rating on iTunes. So if you want to go uh, cool. balance the, the scales really? there, what, what was the you don't have to read the whole thing, but I'm curious what the comment is. Oh, the comment was just z z z z z like he was bored. So oh, that's lame. <laughs> yeah. do you, wait, do you know it was a man, or you're just like Jesus? You're just, you know. his, his name was. I don't want to give him any uh, airtime, but his <laughs> name was listed. So yeah, <laughs> it was it was like the um. It said John T. Schnars. Yeah. Duke alum 79. Duke alum. <laughs> um, 
Well, Caitlin, you think of it as a, uh, you know, rite of passage, your first, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure our yeah. first negative review was somebody talking about how much they hated me. So you just got to accept it at some point. Wow. It was to Joe. Be fair, you had it coming. <laughs> this show would be better with a guy named Joe who has some stories. <laughs> um, all right, love it. Bloody good horror is a thing that you already found because you're listening to it. We're also on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com/slash bloody good horror, help support the show. You can get a high definition. If you listen to me describing Schnars every week and you're like, boy, I'd love to see this golden god over here. Uh <laughs> patreon.com slash bloody good horror you get a live stream of the show you get access to back episodes and we're actually we're working behind the scenes john to make back episode stuff easier i think we finally had a breakthrough with apple stuff today that we've been trying to work on so that's coming in the near future hopefully the future let's call it the future and um yeah you can help support the show so check that out joe Mm. every week here we also take questions from both twitter and Instagram. And we'd probably take them from uh, like TikTok too if we could figure it out. Uh, I, I, I gave that not... a week and a half try and then uh, <laughs> and gave up. Um, uh, yeah, we're on Twitter at BG Horror. We use the hashtag AskBGH if you want to send in a question or you know just get to know us. Uh, first up, and I feel like he, he might know the answer to this and is, is just um, you know prodding me. Uh, for my buddy Skizbot, that's uh, Skylar. Were you a little klepto as a kid like me? I never really got in huge trouble for it, but I was caught by a shop owner trying to hide a comic book under my shirt, and that scared me straight. You know, we actually talked about this on on Plug It Up because a lot of girls, like, coming of age, I feel like so many of my friends were into stealing, shoplifting. And, like, I just remember I, I was terrified of that. And we would be at like CVS or Bath and Body Works and they'd just be throwing shit in their bag. And I'd be like, I'm with you. Like, if you get caught, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> Being so afraid. I mean, yeah, I 100% I think I've talked about it on the show. Like, yeah. I went through a, a klepto phase for sure. Like, I stole fountain pens. Like, just oh, stupid <laughs> shit. Like, I remember me and my buddy stealing like packs of uh, like new kids on the block trading cards. <laughs> and it's like, why? Like, just just because we could, I guess. Uh, Mine was, yeah. I mean, you don't want to pay for those. So. Yeah, I eventually <laughs> got caught uh, stealing a Pearl Jam tape at uh, at Kmart in Rotterdam Square Mall. And uh, yeah, after that, I had to leave my life of crime behind. <laughs> my weakness was uh, G.I. G. Joe action figures. <laughs> Did you take them out of the packaging? Because the packaging was substantial. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah, I got all the weapons and the figure out, and then I'd leave the packaging behind. Wow. Mm-hmm. Gangster. <laughs> Joe Ferry told me cigarettes because he was on the oh, episode. Yeah. Said, oh yeah, still cigarettes. honest cigarettes from the uh, the phase uh, in uh, in downtown Glenville. Phase. Oh my god! Yeah, in junior high, ours was uh, chewing tobacco because there was one drugstore we used to ride skateboards that kept the chew out on the main shelves and not behind the counter. So what, I, what I appreciate about <laughs> Joe is he not only tells you about his crimes, but he tells you literally exactly where he did them. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's definitely still around. I mean, that no, was 30 was, years. No, that was like, that that's was like an ancient, that's like an ancient drugstore chain that went bye-bye in the nineties, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But like they, Joe they did not up. help. Let's be clear. <laughs> I think they got absorbed by CVS at some point. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the same thing. They left their cigarettes like out, but like you just grabbed whatever you could. So I'd be smoking like misty one hundreds. Exactly. <laughs> what a world! Cigarettes just out. Yeah, what a yeah. world! That is crazy. 
Um, all right. Next up from uh, our buddy Chris Aleonte. What horror opinion would you, right or wrong, be censored for? Horror opinion. Mm. I only have the best opinions. I mean, so that's true. Yeah. Yeah. John, I don't think I have any opinions that are that controversial. John also is not really on the internet, so he wouldn't know if his opinions <laughs> were controversial or not. I mean, uh, people could be censoring me all over. I just, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, like it's not like a censored like scream. I feel like is a movie that people love, and like I just never got it. Like it's just not my thing. John, you really are a fucking unicorn like that. Like you're on a podcast, and you are not on Twitter or Facebook. <laughs> he works in podcast. Yo, I'm on LinkedIn, bro. The, yeah, <laughs> like LinkedIn. a ninety year old. We're, we're friends. <laughs> like now that is crazy. You're like a what do they call that? Like you're like a you're you like live in a Faraday cage, but like for social media. <laughs> nice. Yeah pleasant in here you it's don't have to worry about what other people think it's all the really time. Bl- it blows my mind honestly uh all right next up uh big texonier oh Alyssa, our friend Alyssa. i don't i don't know what her handle is i, I can't big texture <laughs> all right there you go uh which do you prefer haunted house movies or demonic possession movies i do boy it's, it's on my mood at least two favorite i guess haunted house i guess yeah i, I think i'm going ha- house as well yeah, I, I do love a good possession movie, though. I mean, a good possession yeah. movie is a good, a good movie. Like, I'm not, you know, but if I had to pick one haunted house movie, even like a shitty one will always like scare me like nine times yeah. out of ten. He like, still has yeah. that. It can have that. It can have that amusement park vibe to it or like, a, you know. Yeah, I love when a picture frame falls off the wall, you know, <laughs> I, when a rocket was, chair goes on its own, like, yeah, yeah, like oh, like, yeah, every time. Uh, Forget it. I, I was mostly just ripping Eric because he gets upset every time a picture falls the picture over. Frame. Frame. <laughs> what is that? The woman in black? That scene where the 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 rocking chair is going back and forth. Yeah, like that movie. I was, almost had uh, to leave the theater. <laughs> I was so terrified. That movie was scary. Scariest? I'll tell you, anytime you see a ghost in a window when you're outside the house. Ah. Always scary. That's, you know, never not scary in my book. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Next up, uh, our friend Whitney. Uh, Whitney Place, I think is her name. Caitlin, you got to check yeah. on that. Whitney uh, Place, yeah. <laughs> Caitlin's going to pronounce the, the handles. Going <laughs> I'm a translator and the interpreter. <laughs> uh, favorite summer themed horror movie. Follow up. What's your favorite summer cocktail or mocktail? Charles? Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel oh, like Jaws yeah. is kind of like the same. Jaws. The Burning also, I really enjoy. Jaws is really good. The Burning is a really good answer. So, uh, for me, it's probably Sleepaway Camp 2, a very uh, problematic film in modern days, but um, of its time. It's a, yeah. It has a uh, summer drink. Camp Anyone a drink? I mean, margarita. Bourbon. Like, if the, yeah. if the weather is warm, I just want a margarita on the rocks. Like, let's do this. I used yeah. to say, I say this a lot when I could drink beer, but I was very uh, par- partial to a. Sam Summer Ale. Very basic like that, Joe. Uh, like a uh, mojito when it's hot. Oh, yeah. I, Mai Tais, I think I've talked about. Like mm. I finally got everything in the house to make them. Me and uh, Matt, one of our listeners, have been going back and forth every week and uh, sharing tiki drinks with each other and, and making them. Oh, I got the bit is something bad, but uh, they are delicious. <laughs> oh, uh, Return of the Living Dead is another big summer one for me because it takes place on mm. 4th of July weekend. Oh, uh, there you go. Uh, all right, here's one, and I'm going to have trouble getting through this. It's from John's favorite, C.O.W. Flanagan. Um, uh, I love rock and roll as performed by Joan Jett is about a grown woman 
using her power to sexually take advantage of her poor 17-year-old boy. How come... You can guess how that's spelled, John. Uh, <laughs> my hot track about a dude in his 60s making whoopee with a barely legal Denny's employee <laughs> ain't getting no play. Oh. Uh, yeah. nah, I like I like. It. He's asking the tough questions. Right. So. What? 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 I don't get the reference at the end. What are we talking about? No, I think I, he's saying he's a he's a an old man who's. No, oh. I think he's saying he made a song yeah, yeah. about ah, a, okay. a guy in his sixties. It's best not to think too much about it. I think probably. <laughs> Is that what that Joan Jett song's about? I you know I never paid attention to the, the punchline like, of the COW Flanagan tweets is never us responding to them. I feel like it's just yeah, Joe reading. Yeah. Them. No, every once in a while he hits with like a real, real thinker. I think. <laughs> yeah. This is your fault, John. You hear this? Oh, he brings up some valid points. <laughs> I'm just asking questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He spells everything C U M. All right. Uh, Erica, that's our friend, Aylin1477. If horror wasn't your favorite genre, what would it be? Sci-fi. It's Sci-fi. like not even close. Number two. Yeah. I'm comedy. pretty big into comedies. Yeah. Oh, I, I was also going to go like, like action. Uh, like I love a good, like Kung Fu fighting situation. I would say eighties fantasy movies. That's, yeah. that's a genre, but so small. What do you get? Like fifteen movies to wow. work with there? I could do. I that. I like gangster movies. I recently yes. got into gangster movies, and I love them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I, mean, Caitlin, I have some good suggestions for you. I'm pretty into that as well. I was a pretty huge uh, National Lampoon's fan for quite a long time until they stopped putting good movies out and cashing in. <laughs> You're right. Like the, National like the third Van Wilder. You're right. National Lampoon Senior Trip is a classic. Oh, oh yeah. Get <laughs> out of here. It's out of the theater. Incredible. Uh, I still have my VHS of it, John. Max Hedrum. <laughs> none of that surprises me. Matt Frewer. He is. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I don't no, know. Horror is not my favorite. Genre. A young oh. Jeremy Renner is in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Heat stroke or hypothermia? Facilitoro asks. You know what I've been doing lately? I've been taking cold showers because I read an article about its health benefits and it's incredible. I'm never going back. I feel like a million bucks. I I jerk off. Like, so I don't have to. (laughs) You could do that too. Two benefits at once. Two birds, one stone. In a cold shower? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about cold shower. You fucking freak. Wow. <laughs> this guy over here. <laughs> I feel like you've taken that know. far. I'm a big dude. A big dude. I got to go with hypothermia if I'm if, if I got to choose one of them. Oh, right? I don't know. I will take heat heat exhaustion like any day. I can't. Oh, yeah, God. I'm not good with like environmental cold that I don't have control. Yeah, yeah. they're both gonna kill you, right? I mean, is it? Yeah. It's yeah. about like which way like, you're dying. How yeah. do you want to go? Yeah, heat stroke or hypothermia. I'm saying, trying to say, as large as I am, I sweat a lot walking from the car to the grocery store when it's. I <laughs> bet I, I would bet that heat stroke makes you pass out quicker, and that hypothermia is a bit of a slower, more tortured demise. Yeah, 
Hypothermia, like I, when I sweat, like I feel I'm getting out the demons. So I feel like for at least a good amount of this death, like I'd be like, yeah, this is good. Like I'm good. Like something good's happening. Hypothermia is like the more emo way to go. (laughs) That's true. I'm in my 40s, so I have to hate that. Uh, (laughs) All right. Here it is. This is the one that uh, Eric's been waiting for. Yeah. F. Mary Kill, Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Evans. Oof. I Oof. love this because it's like a Rorschach test. Yeah. Fully. I mean, Chris Pratt, we're all yes, going to kill. We right? kill Chris Pratt. Sucks. Yes. Yeah. He's an opinionated. Apparently. Uh, I, right. And I'm going to marry Chris, the Captain American one, and. Yeah. Yeah. Thor. I, I think that's the I clear think, answer. Oh, yes. Because because Thor is a bit of a himbo, and I feel like he's he's the one you want to fling with. Chris Evans. He's like, a humpy looking dude. Listen, what can I say? Chris I Evans know. is. I feel like if I woke up every morning and saw Chris Hemsworth lying next to me, I'd be like, fuck, I've made it. Joe, like, so. I, listen, here's the thing, Joe. This is why I want to get in this because I knew you were going to say that, first of all. Yeah. I would pick Chris Evans because I would, I think, I, I think he would be intellectually stimulating and I also think he'd be yes. giving. He would be giving. He would support you. He would yeah, support you. He right? would. I don't need that. I just want to fuck a pretty boy. <laughs> <laughs> Can we isolate that audio? <laughs> Listen, oh. I knew you were going to say, I don't know what that says about me, Joe, but the first thing was I thought of my answer first and then I thought of yours and I was right. <laughs> I mean, Chris Evans is a good looking guy, but like if you could show up everywhere with Chris Hemsworth on your arm, like it, you're going to get into places is what I'm saying. <laughs> You're gonna get it. Uh, <laughs> all right. That? Last but not least, on uh, Twitter, and then we'll oh, go over to Instagram. Uh, from Erie, Arizona, were there any quote-unquote video nasties your parents forbid you to watch when you were a kid? Mine was Nine Seven Six Evil because my parents said it would encourage me to worship the devil over the phone. <laughs> no, Dude, I'm not. I was forbidden from watching. I mean, once I hit, once yeah. the dam broke, like I watched um, at like ten years old. I watched without telling my parents total recall. And then that same summer I asked my parents to rent me a horror movie. My mom brought me back Halloween two, which just <laughs> jacked me up. Like it's, yeah, it's my mom's fault. All of this, this whole thing yeah. is my mom's fault. Yeah. But no, like yeah. once the dam was broken, there was never really any argument about anything I wanted to rent for better or worse. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm assuming Casey will have the same answer. Like we're children of the eighties. So there was just like zero. Like, exactly. Yeah. The only time my mom got annoyed is when I rented uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and woke her up in the middle of the night because once the movie was over, we found out the sump pump in the basement was going uh, out and it was just making a noise repeatedly like a chainsaw. So the movie ended. I'm like, oh, shit, mom. (laughs) Uh, All right. Over on Instagram, uh, we are bloody good horror, the full thing. Uh, Every Tuesday we post up. A little field so you can send in a question. Um, and uh, today we were a day early recording, but we still got a good amount here. Uh, first up, uh, Candyman. Should it not be Candy Person now? Sure. I mean, he's Some, still a man. He, in the movie, no, honestly. right, because like, he uh, is a man. It's not like all encompassing anyone that likes candy. I think yeah, somebody specific. Right. Somebody thought they were being clever here, huh? Yes. I get it. Uh Saint Maud slash censor double feature. You win. Oh, that's like, what I said. That sounds exhausting. Yeah. I mean it wasn't me, Caleb but that's that. uh yeah. I need a little bit that? of I need a little bit of frivolity in between if I'm I can't watch those movies back to back. Oh Ryan Tahinen? Tahinen? Tahan. Ryan, my dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh here's a good one. 
Uh, if you had to eat five pounds of a food in one sitting, what food would you choose? Oh, wow. So uh, I will say the easy answer. I don't know if this is, I don't, I want to think about this. Cheez-Its? I think yes. I could eat Cheez-Its. Yeah. Like, I feel like, yeah, I, there's, specific there's like a chemical in them that like you can't stop eating them. Mm. I was honestly going to say Cheez-Its, John. That's, <laughs> That's really funny. But like the other one, like I can yeah, eat French fries. Actually though, John, well. you know what? Yeah. I don't think Cheez-Its have this, but like something with MSG, because like when I find, when I like, not that I do, but like in, in my past life, when I would eat food with MSG, I could not stop. Like I could not stop eating it. So that, cause I'm just thinking you got to get through this situation. Like this is not gonna be a pleasurable situation. I I think, yeah, go ahead. No. I just nachos is where my brain went. Yeah, that's pretty good. I would go scrimp, just shrimp Scrim- all day. Like <laughs> that makes me <laughs> ill, Joe. <laughs> I would literally <laughs> blow past five pounds and just keep on trucking <laughs> through the night. Well, there, look, Joe's on to something where you would want you ideally you'd get like you'd want it in smallest volume, but like high. Mass. Joe, how are they cooked yeah. in this scenario? Oh, just a uh, scrimp cocktail. Oh, wow. All just day. Raw, Every day. Like, like cold. Like, I, I don't know. I, I would bet money at a Vegas buffet. I have eaten five pounds of um, scrimp. Sauce? <laughs> like cocktail uh, sauce? No, I don't even need cocktail sauce. Really? I can just yeah. eat shrimp straight up. See, Delicious. I will only, I cannot eat cocktail <laughs> shrimp. They gross me out, but I will eat like grilled this shrimp. so gross. Grilled I shrimp. I will kiss like my, my, I, like in the past, I had a boyfriend that loved shrimp cocktail, and after he would eat it, I'd be like, "Get away from me!" Yeah. <laughs> I, I would let your, your ex. I would let your ex boyfriend bird feed me five pounds of shrimp. <laughs> yeah, one I of the think... most magical things I didn't know existed is I went to Florida a couple of years ago and uh, was with my aunt and uncle. We went to Publix and they just ordered a pound of uh, peel and eat shrimp oh. from the deli, and they steamed it and everything for him. We just took it home and ate it. I'm like, this is magic. Honestly, like yeah. you. Especially, yeah, like down in the Gulf, like you feel oh, yeah. steam. Yeah, oh. all that like oil. You need, yeah. you need Buy them. You Joe over here. <laughs> you need them to be grilled. <laughs> you need them to be grilled and heavily seasoned. Like they need to be straight up, like grilled and blackened. Like they need to be like cooked, not boiled. Like it's like eating fingers. Steamed with a bunch of old bay, and I'm a happy boy. Yeah, it's I gross. will celebrate them in all their forms. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where you get your money at the buffet. People think it's crab legs. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, cra- I mean, crab legs are pretty expensive. Yeah, but you know, you're mostly paying for uh, for shell Dude, there. Shrimp. The one time I was ever in Vegas, the one time I was ever in Vegas, native one of those buffets. You want to talk about eating your? It was uh, smoked salmon. That's how you get your money's worth. Just eat a meal of smoked salmon. Oh yeah. Well, that and that is that's a pricey. Yeah. Pricey penny. Don't ever, don't ever go to the fucking omelet station, John. That's how they get you. <laughs> Fill you up on cheap ass <laughs> eggs. What if you get shrimp in the omelet, Joe? Oh. Uh, no, you, you're filling up. You're going to eat like one omelet and be almost full. Same thing with salad. Don't ever fucking get a salad. Like you're yeah, just wasting your duck. Like, Soup and salad are for suckers. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. <laughs> uh, right. the, the meetup next year is just going to be at a uh, <laughs> an old country buffet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hush puppies. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Mexican food, which is mejo? Mejo? Mejor. Is Mejor. that a, what does that word mean, Caitlin? <laughs> which is best, which is better yeah, than right. best, yeah. Uh, tacos, quesadilla, or burritos? Oh, I'm a burrito guy. Tacos for me, probably. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna They're say like bite dice. Tacos, yeah. Burritos to me, it's like um, a salt. 
it's like you're assaulting yourself and it's too much. Like yeah. it's not really enjoyable. Uh, that's why I, I was going to go burrito. <laughs> I was actually going to go enchilada. Love an enchilada. Was it an option, John? I know, but you know what? I'm going off menu. Here yeah, we are. Of course you are. <laughs> she fucking stormed the Capitol about it. Uh, all right. Next up question for everyone. So feel free to weigh in. Uh, where do you stand on Sutton versus Crystal? Uh, I don't know what that means. Obviously, a uh, Real Housewives of Beverly oh, Hills oh. question, John. Um, so Sutton, obviously very um, like sensitive to this whole thing and overreacting. But Crystal, bordering on Mean Girl. Uh, so it's tough. It's a tough call. But I did. Um, I mentioned uh, Crystal's husband directed uh, the Haunted Mansion movie. So you got to side with her every day. <laughs> Joe, how many? That's your, that's your dude. How yeah. many shows do you follow at once, Joe? Uh, there's usually about three or four on at a time. That's so, like right now, New York is on. Beverly Hills is on. Shaw's a Sunset is on. How many total are there? And I th- oh god, like Housewives uh, six or seven maybe. What? But then there's but they like ro- Shaws of Sun. They yeah, rotate. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's usually probably two. And then, like, I don't watch Below Deck, but, like, that's on right now. Like, it, it, usually the the top is, like, there'll be four different shows on a week um, at, like, the height. And it just depends, like, if, if we watch all of them or not. We watch all of the Housewives, but then, like, the other Bravo shows, it, we, we pick and choose. Good question, Eric. Thank you. <laughs> all right, here's one. It's going to be 110 here today. Any tips to stay frosty? Woof. Uh, don't go in the church air conditioning yeah my <laughs> tip was move just move someplace else Chris uh, yeah yeah. Uh, actually you one. know what like blackout curtains yeah it yeah. keeping yeah. keeping <laughs> that hot air from like seeping into the room is actually super helpful keeping hmm. the sun out uh, alright Next one, and I don't fully understand what this means, but it's just a picture of a spider and the question why. Oh, I'm getting a lot of spiders oh. in my apartment right now. Not a big fan of it. It's the time of the year. I did, I mean, though. They have bugs. Like they're, I don't know. I'm kind of like I, indifferent I, I on spiders. bought some yeah. fly swatters on Amazon that I seeded throughout the house, and I am just a cold-blooded murderer right now, and it's really, it's really enjoyable. Like all kinds of, I'm just killing bugs. It's great. Yeah, I'm two days, like, in a row, killed a spider. Yeah. Yeah. You kill sp- I, I am fascinated. Uh, our listener, Elisa, uh, like, loves spiders. Like, she's always posting, like, these videos of her, like, playing them with them in her house. Ooh. Like, I just can't. I try to put them outside. But in reality, I appreciate that, like, they kill the other bugs that I don't want in I the house. I do get so. that. I do get that. But if you are a bug in my house, I will kill you. And I can't. Yeah. I cannot live knowing you're there. And I'm sorry. Yeah, like yeah. intellectually, I get it, but I, I'm in so fact, I remember the day because, like, for a while with my daughter, like, I wouldn't. She was learning about that kind of stuff, so I wouldn't kill a bug. I'd be like, "Oh, well, like, put this bug outside." And then one day, had a reflex. I just murdered an ant in front of her, and her eyes got really big. Like, uh, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, um, so let's have a talk about this." <laughs> we, we got one of those. I forget what it's called, but it's it's pretty much like a giant light you hang outside. And it has a fan underneath, so the bugs fly to it, and they get sucked in and trapped in this like thing underneath where they just die. It doesn't like zap them. It's not like the zapper. No, it sucks them down, but then they can't get out, and they just starve to death. Um, So like once (laughs) once a week, way more humane. Yeah, like once a week, you empty this thing, and it's just like full of like dead. You know, God knows what. 
children. Listen, so. I get empathy for animals, but that stops at bugs for me. They're bugs. Bugs are, yeah. Uh, which are you more excited for? Halloween Kills or Candyman? Halloween Kills. Halloween yeah. Kills that latest trailer is pretty tight. Really good. I mean, <laughs> it, it looks really like good. they're just going hardcore, like just going for it. Like but if second, you're going to uh, Candyman trailer was really good too. It was better. Yeah, than I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I'm not really looking forward to Candyman that much. Like I, I'm, the trailers oh. just are not doing it for me. So I don't, I haven't seen the new trailer, but I'm very in for Candyman. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Halloween kills. Uh, speaking of uh, real housewives of Beverly Hills, Kyle Richards. Oh right yeah, there that's, right. The, that's uh, right. The two minute mark. Her and her bangs. Uh, Did they excited. now the Tommy Doyle characters come back too? Is that the original actor? Like the kid. Like so she was the one of the girls being baby she was the girl being babysat. Yeah. The boy in that first film was also like the characters coming back. I don't know if it's the same guy. I don't know. He's not on any housewife show, so I don't, right. don't know. Right. <laughs> what I like is like they're just going full absurd. If you're gonna have Michael Myers still be alive after the last movie then you might as well just lean into he's just an unstoppable killing machine now. Yep. Yeah, but they take the mask off him? Yeah, I turned point. off the trailer as soon as I saw that because I'm like, this trailer's going, it's too much. Like, I, I don't need every plot point in the movie. Thanks. Eric's just like, no, no, no. <laughs> Listen, it's a, it's Halloween. Like, I don't, I don't need anything from the trailer, but like the music, yeah. honestly. No, no, I, yeah. I mean, I generally agree, but I, the trailer was wilder than I was expecting. It yeah. like, yeah. it had me yeah. keyed up. I was yeah. like ready to go. Yeah, threw up everywhere. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. You got to stop eating that shrimp. <laughs> 13 pounds of shrimp all over my keyboard. Um, here's a good one that most people won't get the reference to. What time is hammer time? Uh, is that an MC hammer reference or? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, well, like, why would people not get that? Yeah, well, I think a lot of, a lot of people are on the younger side. Might not well, I think a hammer MC time hammer. is officially whenever you have the inclination to stop and collaborate and listen, right? Oh, it's, that's, that's, that's vanilla ice, but sure. Um, <laughs> I know it's vanilla ice, but it's the same era. <laughs> okay. Boomer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Jimmy Buffett song, John, is uh, It's Hammer Time Somewhere. Mm. That was the, uh, the follow-up. Uh, all right, here's a good one. Uh, Joe, can you keep your fingers crossed for England match, please, sir? I they guess, won! Yeah. They already won! I love, it. I love the time of year when we as Americans pretend to give a shit about soccer. Like, uh, there, there is nothing more I'm obnoxious. very much enjoying... The the uh, the euro, as they say. Sure you are, buddy. Keep telling yourself that. Oh, that's fine. Uh, what is the ultimate comfort food? Oh, I mean cheese its Pizza. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Nabisco. Is that yeah. what? Really Fourteen order? pounds of shrimp. I, think. <laughs> I would say I would uh, say pizza. I'll go with biscuits and gravy. That that was my answer too, Casey. I don't know if I would consider pizza comfort food. Is that? I would. It's not normal. If it food, gives you comfort, what are you? Yeah. Wait, come on, what are you doing here? I'd say like <laughs> like a good bag of Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a that's a Taco That's Bell. a really that's a really good answer too. <laughs> You're, it's like not in a specific order. Just like eh, throw some shit in that. Bag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, and I'd be like, oh, right. here's twenty dollars. Make this happen. <laughs> I don't know. When I think comfort food, I think of like Southern, like, like that sort of thing. I don't, I don't like think mac of and like, cheese. yeah. Why yeah. does it gotta be from the South, man? Like, it's just, just food. It makes you give comfort. <laughs> just, just shut the fuck up. Just, <laughs> all right. 
<laughs> got two more here. Uh, where do farts go when they die? I believe that was that. Um, I think it was a cover, but it was that Nirvana song, right? Yeah. Where do bad farts go when they die? <laughs> Nobody? Nobody remembers? No, I got you. kind of thing my kids would I'm ask with me. You. I just feel like, <laughs> don't. Mine go to die in this desk chair. <laughs> Actually, CC wrote in an answer, which I thought was great. Uh, if you hold them in, they become burps. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last but not least, uh, late entry from our friend who refuses to use the form. And by the way, there are other people that just send in questions and I refuse to <laughs> read them because I find it drives me fucking insane. It's like you have one thing that you have to understand here. It's like people that don't use the hashtag. Like you've lost your right to, to be a part of my world. Uh, a question here, <laughs> simply, do you miss me when I'm gone? Um, and I don't, had she ever been gone? I don't, just give me a chance. Like, <laughs> 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 you're oh, <Lord>. always here. <laughs> uh, I miss her. <laughs> that's it. We're done. Speaking of, I'm going to be gone for two weeks, uh, going to Disney World uh, a week from Friday. Oh, wow. Are Hot you going to be there for two weeks? Hot Girl Summer. Uh, we're going to be in Disney for a week, and then we're going to Destin for five days after. I thought that was diaper cream. Live it up, bro. Yeah. A lot of script down there in Destin, Eric. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. <sighs> you think that golf shrimp's uh, okay to eat? You think that oil's gone? I feel like it just went to the bottom, and it's just there. Oil is flavor. Okay, that's one way to look at it, I suppose. Uh, I'm not sure that we know what we're doing next week. Is there theater stuff coming up, John? That... So where, uh, Werewolves Within is going to be... It's in theaters now, and it's digital release on Friday. I love so it. We were talking about that. Oh. Fear Street 1 is yeah, also... I mean, right. The Forever Purge is this weekend. Oh, Forever, Forever Purge, yeah. Is that's that only theaters? in theater, though, right? Uh, probably. So we have yeah. de- decisions to make, is what you're saying, John. I, I don't think I can get to a theater qu- like I would be open to going but I just it's not going to be possible this weekend but yeah I'm I'm open to going back to the theater I just don't know if I'll be able to this weekend so there's a new Netflix movie called The Devil Below that I liked well I mean oh. I watched it I don't know I but. watched that <laughs> I heard mediocre things no well Fierce I think Fierce Street won the, the first one comes out this week. yeah that comes out I watched The Devil Below on uh, Pornhub but I think that was a different <laughs> movie <laughs> Uh, Earn an RE this week. <laughs> I'm, I'm crazy uh, excited. I'm crazy excited for those Fear Street movies. I'm dumb. I want to watch that werewolf movie. Yeah, that's sure. it. That as well. Yeah. Yeah. You well, guys can do your R.L. Stein shit when I'm gone. We'll get to that? it. Here's the fun thing. If you are, yeah, but do, it's Joe. It's directed by, um, what's his face there? Uh, Hill House and uh, what was the shiny I prequel think, called? I think he well, produced, he produced it. it I think so. he produced yeah. it. The You're tra- not selling me on that. Have you seen Hill the trailer? The trailer, the trailer looks really great. Yeah, you should watch the trailer if you haven't seen Wait, it. Wait, are good. you talking about the first season of Hill House, Joe? You're calling yeah, it unwatchable? Yeah, terrible. Oh Refuse. Oh, wrong. I, couldn't, I couldn't watch season two. Because that might that. be like, the most wrong opinion I've ever heard on anything. We're not going <laughs> to litigate this right now. Let's just... <laughs> I just... That just... Okay. And then he just disappears for two weeks after saying that. Um, uh, you know, if I want to watch a bunch of gaunt kids cry and complain, I would have you know, gotten into My Chemical Romance, but I don't need to... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so um, follow us on Twitter and get on Slack. We'll be letting you know what we'll be doing next week. And uh, that's going to do it for Censor. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you then. See you. Bye-bye.
Welcome to the Black Parade, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye.